morning. I'm Hannah Stork. I'm a client executive with Spark. Uh, some of you, Spark with a Q, I know, got to be very techy. Um, some of you may be familiar with us as rural sourcing. We changed our name about nine months ago. Uh, I, for one, am particularly happy to not have to say the word rural uh, every day. So uh, it was a bit of a tongue twister. Uh, but Spark is a custom software development digital engineering firm. We partner with our clients to build cool digital products and experiences. We think we do it in a little bit of a unique way. Um, we've got around 1,000 technologists all across the US and Latin America. Um, and so US-led, 100% W2 employees of Spark. And so uh, we, we come in and, and help our clients build cool things. So that's a little bit about Spark. Um, I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous about this this morning. I've, I've done a lot of presentations. Um, typically, they, they don't involve me talking about me. So uh, this feels a little bit uncomfortable for me. I, I told my 12-year-old daughter, I said, I'm a little nervous about this this morning. She said, bring candy. Everybody likes candy. <laughs> <laughs> so Clifford's got me covered there. But then she said, well, maybe bring something everybody likes. Why, not, why don't you bring wine? Um, so that tells you a little bit about our house. Um, <laughs> but risk taking, I'm, I'm going to discuss this topic today um, somewhat from my own personal purview and, and the risks that I've taken throughout my career um, that have helped me grow, learn, adapt, um, some of the uncomfortable moments that existed around that. I hope that it provides some value and context. I'll, I'll tell some stories around that. But uh, mostly it'll be memes. So um, why take risks, right? You gotta, gotta start with a, a Dilbert. Uh, yeah, we'll need a risk analysis on this project before we can approve it. Risk one, indecisiveness, overanalysis, cluelessness, micromanagement. I don't understand these risks. That's number 36. So uh, I'm just curious, uh, what are we afraid of? I, and I'm a little bit interactive, so I'm curious. What are we afraid of? What comes to mind when you think risk? What are you afraid of when you say, I'm going to take a risk? Failure. Failure? Looking stupid. Looking stupid. Wasting money. Wasting money, yeah. There, there are all kinds of different risks, you know, personal, professional, uh, hopefully not legal um, risks in there. Um, but I, I chose this topic because uh, Doug and I were talking and I thought, you know, I don't know that I'm a particularly risk averse person, um, but I don't know that people would be like, oh gosh, she's so, she takes these huge broad risks. Um, but I think there's been moments in my career that I, I've taken risks and I've learned something from them. I hope um, some of these things that I share today will be of value to you. I personally subscribe to the, it's called the Crumbolts. The, guy, the last name, guy's last name was Crumbolts. Crumbolts Career Theory. It's a dynamic nature of career development that has an importance on adapting to changing circumstances, seizing opportunities, and learning throughout one's career. I, I know when I went to college at Indiana Tech, I'm a proud Indiana Tech alum, um, that I changed my major three times, and I was really jealous of everybody that knew that they wanted to be an accountant and had a very direct career path. Um, my career path has been anything but direct. Um, and so I subscribe to that kind of career theory, and I think it lends itself to risk-taking, right? Seizing those opportunities, adapting to the circumstances, and learning throughout one's career. Um, how many of you like risk? A few of you. 
I could have guessed you too. This was pressing. So everybody else, not really a big fan. Calculated risk. Yes. We'll get to that. <laughs> Calculated risk. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're going to discuss the five things that I've learned um, throughout risk taking. Uh, trust your instincts sometimes, right? We'll get to the sometimes here in a second. But uh, we live in a world uh, and we all work in a world where data is king and instinct is the jester. Um, and we often think that those two can't coexist with each other, right? We need a very clear, the, what does the data say? And that's the choice um, that I need to make. Um, data can help, right? We know that, we, we love data. Data becomes more and more important um, you know, in, in this world. Uh, I often hear, you know, data is the new oil. Well, data's, uh, the new oil uh, is useless if it's not refined, right? Oil is useless if it's not refined. So being able to look at data uh, in a way that gives you feedback and creates those feedback loops. And intuition and instincts can help you ask the right questions about that data. So uh, an example of this, I'm, I'm going to give an early example of my first uh, job out of college. I was, it was 2009, uh, Great Recession, graduating from Indiana Tech. None of my friends were getting jobs. I was really lucky that I was in a position that I had two job offers. One was with uh, a very well-respected, wonderful company, uh, insurance company that I had done my uh, college internship at, um, and you know, great opportunity. Uh, the other was working at Indiana Tech and staying here and working in the admissions office. And I was, um, it was, I think it was February 2009, uh, getting these job offers. I was set to get married in July, and I was ready to buy my first house in May. And I looked at the data and I looked at all the things I compared these two job opportunities and I thought about um, what was important to me and I looked at all the data points. Oh, this, this one has better insurance, but this one pays you know, $10,000 more a year. And so the data showed that I probably should have taken one job over the other. Uh, my instinct told me that I should take the job at Indiana Tech and that's what I did. Um, much to the chagrin when you would tell your parents after graduating that you're gonna take less money um, immediately. They didn't love that or, or your future, your soon to be spouse that you're gonna uh, decline $10,000 a year. Um, but that intuition felt right to me, right? So I trusted my gut in that moment after looking at that calculated risk and saying, no, I'm gonna choose um, this. Um, we had a speaker uh, recently down in Indianapolis, I don't know if you're familiar with Pippa Mann. She's um, a race car driver. Um, she's based in the Indy 500, um, and she has a racing school and does all kinds of cool stuff, but she came and spoke to some IT leaders about data and, and intuition as well. And she said, you know, all the things that they're looking at on the car as it's going, and they're going around a turn, and you know, what's the torque, and what's the speed, and all of these factors, and they've got all of these connected devices, um, and she said, at a certain point, the driver has to choose, right? And so they can have all the informed decision that you want. Sometimes you need to trust your instinct. And the reason I say sometimes is because I think, as I asked before, who likes risk? Sometimes our instinct is to avoid it at all cost, right? Um, and not do it. So sometimes we have to push ourselves to embrace risk. 
taking calculated risks based on intuition can, and I think does and has for me, led to unexpected success. Um, start small and build momentum. So I think it's easy to be like, oh gosh, I gotta, this, is one, this one's my favorite one uh, of all the memes. <laughs> um, but start small and, and build on that momentum. So I told you my early, <laughs> it's all memes, guys. There's no real content here, it's all memes. Um, <laughs> You know, starting small, I told you, I took that initial risk and I, I felt like, oh gosh, I, I'm going against the data, I'm choosing something that in my intuition felt right. My career journey has kind of followed that path in many ways. Um, working in higher ed, I moved um, to Manchester University, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, was the director of career services there, did a lot around um, the region in terms of uh, I, I took some risks, and, and I think when you look at like not just career shifts and movements and jobs, but looking at the projects that exist in front of you and the opportunities that you have to take advantage of those, um, I was asked if I would lead our employer relations um, program and actually start it and go out and talk with employers around Northeast Indiana in hopes of helping us align academic offerings with workforce needs. This was in 2011. Um, and so going out there and having those conversations felt a little risky, right? I was pretty young and trying to get in front of executives and talk to them about their talent needs and their growth needs and their expansion needs. Um, and, and it felt like a big risk at the moment and doing something that was outside of my, my comfort zone. I also took on a project there. We had a really old, I think some of you might um, relate to this. We had a really old uh, software system that kept our uh, kept all of our information around our students uh, in the career office. We actually, in 2011, we're still doing handwritten notes um, and passing fi physical files around. Um, and so we needed, the software system was no longer gonna be uh, supported. We needed to upgrade it, but we also needed to then take a look at like our business requirements and understand how are we gonna use this new system. Um, I had no idea what I was doing, but I said, sure, I'll take this on because I thought, I'll, here's an opportunity to make myself uh, invaluable to, to my department and my organization. Um, and it was kind of my first toe dip into the technology world and understanding, okay, how, does these, how do these software applications drive value? How do we make sure that it aligns with business needs um, within our organization? And so taking those kinds of small risks, even though they don't seem big, um, they can lead to bigger things, right? The employer relations program really taught me that I loved talking with businesses about their problems and their strategies and their growth goals. And, uh, and personally, I'm, I'm born and raised Fort Wayne, New Haven graduate, and love, love this city, love this community. I don't know if many of you are all, if everybody's from here, but I know growing up here, uh, it was move away. You know, go, go to Indianapolis, go to Chicago, there's not opportunity here for you. And, I think we saw a lot of that change and momentum start in the early 2000s, um, you know, especially I think 2009, there was you know, the stadium opened and all these good things that were happening in the community and I was personally involved in a lot of those, not a lot of those, but um, I was personally involved in you know, Young Leaders of Northeast Indiana and um, whether the Fort Winter Festival and other things that I was excited about. And so I was at Manchester, I was enjoying my job, I was talking with leaders, I was volunteering here I said, but if I could do anything else, I would want to work with businesses and sell our region 
I don't know if that's a thing. Um, it is. It's called economic development. I did not know that at the time. I just was like, if I could create a job, this is what these are the things I really like doing. And I was very fortunate enough to get an opportunity to work at the Northeast Indiana Regional Partnership, uh, which is an economic development agency representing the 11 counties of Northeast Indiana. And so that was my second jump, right? I had taken some risks that helped me build that confidence um, and, and some manageable steps during my early career that made me go, I can do this. Oh, I can tackle that next thing that helped me feel like I could take that next big leap um, into a space that, quite honestly, I didn't know that well. Um, went into the Northeast Indiana Regional Partnership, again, continued some of those things where taking on projects or opportunities that helped me adapt, grow, learn, you know, seize opportunities that other people might not want. And so at the regional partnership, I was there for about five years, um, and I, I traveled all over the country and, and sometimes the world to talk with businesses about their expansion and relocation plans and, you know, what were their challenges and barriers to that success and why, how and why Northeast Indiana might be able to solve those, those challenges and problems. And I was doing that and, uh, again, seizing an opportunity. I, um, heard about this little company called Rural Sourcing that was thinking about expanding into Northeast Indiana. And I said, hey, I kind of inserted myself. It really was not my place. Um, but I, I, I heard about it and I thought, oh, this is cool. I really want to be a part of that. And so I inserted myself and became the, the regional uh, lead economic developer on that project and met our executive team and just hit it off with, with them in general. And so really fortunate um, they chose to come to Fort Wayne um, at that time, we were around 400 people um, and growing, so uh, it was exciting to see them choose Fort Wayne. They didn't even, uh, you know, no offense, Doug, love Indianapolis, but they didn't even look at Indianapolis. They looked at Fort Wayne because they knew that creating jobs, uh, software development jobs in this community had a greater economic impact. Um, it, it, you know, be more of a drop in the bucket and, you know, in, in, in a, larger, a larger market. And so they said, hey, you know, we really liked you. You did a great job. Would you be interested in coming to work for rural sourcing uh, when we come to Fort Wayne? And I thought, I, I am not a technologist, right? I, I've done a few technical type of things. I've been a webmaster for a, a nonprofit organization. I've done these other projects, but it felt like a really big risk at the time. In fact, I said no initially. I, I said, no, nah, I don't think this is for me. Um, they said, that's okay. We don't need you to write code. Thank God, um, we'd be in a world of trouble if that was the case. Um, will you come and be a project manager? Well, I had managed many projects and I thought, okay, that seems like something I could do. And so I took, I think that was from a career standpoint, one of the largest risks I've ever taken. The regional partnership, not gonna lie, it's a cool job. You get to do all kinds of really cool things and meet people that I can't believe I've gotten to meet um, just by being within that organization. Um, and so, it was a, leaving a very comfortable, um, successful job to go into something that actually, at that moment, paid a little less than what I was making. So I was a little nervous about taking this risk, jumping into an entirely different profession that I didn't know. But I think I had built this habit, right? I had built this habit of taking small risks to take bigger risks and, and identify opportunities. and so. Uh, I make, made that switch uh, over in 2019 to the tech world, and, and I've seen uh, so many great things. And, and you know, from an example, from 
um, clients uh, that I work with in the tech world. I think all of you probably have more experience with this than I do. Um, but my experience is oftentimes we're looking for opportunities to carve off a POC, an MVP. Let's, let's not try to eat the whole elephant, right? And so some of that risk taking uh, applies to our individual work and our technology uh, jobs and saying, how do we carve off this pilot project? How do we manage expectations? How do we show value um, throughout that process? And then how do we adapt and learn uh, throughout? Um, I started as a project manager. I was, quite frankly, probably not a very good one. Uh, you could ask some of my developers. They were probably like, can you please stop bugging us? Um, but uh, I, I raised my hand. I knew I wasn't exactly in the right place for me anymore as a, a project manager. I, I enjoyed it, but I, I knew that that passion around helping businesses and understanding their problems was still very much um, what I was interested in. And so I raised my hand and I, again, a risk. I had been there uh, four months at that point and said, yeah, I don't really like, thanks for the job, I don't really like it. Um, I'm not very good at it. Can I do something else here? Um, can I join the sales team? Because I think that's the aspect that I, I really enjoy and I would be better at that. Um, luckily, great leadership, you know, says they don't, I thought they were going to pat me on the head and say, sure, maybe in a couple years we'll talk about that. And they said, no, that, I, I, think, I think you're right. Let's try it. We'll give you a shot. Um, and so that, that was a great opportunity. Now it's been almost four years within uh, the sales, or, well, four years within the sales organization, um, helping clients in Indiana and Ohio, Michigan, Kentucky. Um, and so it's been very satisfying, um, but that was a risk to go to your employer and say, yeah, I don't really, I don't really like this. Again, none of my risks are all that impressive or all that, um, I don't know, big, but I do think that uh, there's an aspect of, of not taking the risk that you wouldn't be, you know, not making a choice uh, is still a risk, right? Not vocalizing it is still a risk. Uh, be agile. I know we all love this one. Uh, you, you've got to know that I, I love we build bridges. You can't do TDD with bridge building exactly, but um, <laughs> but be agile, be adaptable. Uh, a part of that note is knowing that not all risks will pan out, uh, and that unexpected setbacks are inevitable and that the key is navigating this, adapting and navigating to unexpected outcomes um, throughout that process. Um, I can think of a, a client story around this who came to us and they had um, this idea that they wanted to create a scheduling system and that uh, you know, this was gonna solve all of their problems. Their real issue was this, and if we just fix this, it'll fix everything. And we said, okay, let's take a step back. Um, and, and validate that uh, approach. And I think this is something we can do within our own professional careers too. Sometimes it's looking at it and going, I really hate this job right now, or I'm unhappy, and, and we immediately want, you know, if I just had a promotion, if I just got this opportunity, then I'd be, you know, then I'd be satisfied. Sometimes taking a step back and evaluating uh, what is important to you, um, what is it that you're looking for, uh, what problem are you trying to solve uh, can really uh, drive a greater outcome. And so uh, we did that with a client uh, as well in the technical spaces. You know, we, we said, yeah, you, we could build you this, but it's going to sit on, on top of a hunk of junk uh, electronic health record system that's 
gonna slow, it's gonna be slow, it's you know, gonna go out of date all the time. Like you're gonna build uh, a Ferrari engine and put it in a Camry, right? Let's, uh, let's make sure that this can be supported. And so taking that step back and making sure, then creating the right path and plan forward. So be agile, be nimble uh, in this process and knowing that you're gonna hit roadblocks, right? When I, when I took the risk and I jumped uh, to then rural sourcing, now Spark, uh, the first few months I thought I just made the biggest mistake of my career. I had a sweet gig and now I'm asking, you know, uh, where are we in the sprint and what block, and I didn't, you know, I was uh, a little confused at times. I you know, was Googling some, some, I'm not a technical person. I knew some, enough technical, I knew how to manage your projects, uh, but there were aspects of it that were difficult and confusing to me. Um, and that I had to challenge myself through. Um, but being agile and adaptable to those situations, I think ultimately can help you move past these setbacks. Change vibe. <laughs> um, I thought this one was uh, fitting as well. I think. Embracing failure is, I really hate failing. I hate losing, I hate failing. I don't know that anybody really likes it, but I think there's certainly things that you can learn from it. Um, I played basketball at Indiana Tech here, and, um, and that's not really a brag. We were, we were terrible at that time. Um, <laughs> and so I've lost, unfortunately, and I failed, unfortunately, a lot in my career, and I, I would say, uh, I've learned a lot more from those losses and failures uh, about myself, uh, about people, about situations, uh, than I ever did from the successes. And so I think if you can look at the risk that you might be taking and understand that there could be failure, you could take on a project and it not be successful. Um, being okay with that can help you make that first step into making the choice anyway, right? Having calculated risk, understanding um, the risk reward, but trusting your instincts, uh, being willing to adapt. So try to roll all of these things into one is, uh, is how I consider it. Um, and I think I, I said it already, but the risk of not doing something is still a risk. Um, I often uh, sit with my clients and I ask, what happens if you don't do this? Uh, because they'll come to me with a, an opportunity and they're, you know, oh, we want to build this cool thing or um, we need to modernize this application. I have a client right now that they need to modernize um, a, an application. Actually, they have a bunch of VB6 stuff that they need to uh, upgrade to .NET framework and um, hundreds of applications, actually, and they're, they're nervous about what they're going to do. They don't have a clear strategy about going about that. Um, and I said, well, what happens if you don't? You know, they're, they're trying to make the case, and I think we're often trying to make the case of why we should do something, right? Oh, well, this is why, well, I got it in the budget this year. Um, well, it, you know, it needs to happen like this. Ask yourself what happens if you don't? Because um, oftentimes that can be a very clear motivator and indicator of why you need to move forward. Uh, but knowing that if you don't, it's still a risk and failure is still, still an option. 
celebrate your success, um, even the small ones. Um, so things that you can do to move the needle, um, to carve out work, whether it's in your professional career or uh, you know, as work projects come up, um, or if it's in your, your personal life as well, take those risks and, and celebrate those successes, right? Even if they're small, it helps you boost your confidence, I think. Uh, it's helped me boost mine. It's helped me uh, take a look at, at the small risks I've taken. Again, I, I want to say I have a wildly outstanding, risky life or career. I'm born and raised in this community, stayed here for college and never really left. I wouldn't say I'm super risky. I don't gamble. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think I've taken some calculated risks in my career. Um, and those have made me uh, confident in the next risk. Actually, the thing you, you put up, um, the battle, what was it, battle? Uh, it's something I always say to myself. I say battle tested. Battle proven. I, I always say battle tested. I, I, it's one of my kind of mantras in life. I talk about battle tested because I think of hard things that I've had to do um, in my personal and professional career. And, um, and I take stock of them and I, um, I celebrate their successes and some of their failures of what I learned from them. Um, and being able to do that then makes me less afraid when I get tested again, when I have that battle. Um, battle-proven, battle-tested opportunity. Um, and so reinforcing positive behavior, and it helps you take risks again in your future. All right, so in conclusion, I don't know where I am on time, but it's probably short, so. Um, in conclusion, I, I, these are the things that I've learned, trust your instincts sometimes. Sometimes you need to push yourself, right? Our instinct might be not to take risk. Sometimes we have to push ourselves a little bit to, to investigate that. Look at the data, take calculated risks, but trust your gut. Um, start small and build momentum. Those things will last a lifetime. Be battle-tested, battle-proven um, to help you move forward. Be agile and nimble in that process, knowing you might fail um, and things might not go right. Um, YOLO, right? You only get to live once. So um, be, take those opportunities to uh, move the needle within your own professional or personal life. Uh, and like I said, embrace failure. Uh, it's going to happen. Not everything has worked out perfectly. Um, so you have to be able to embrace that part and then celebrate your success. So any questions? I, I, that's my career path and journey. And, and I've had some risks. Uh, I've taken some risks. And there's risks I wish I would have taken, too. So I've got a question. Yeah. You took on the chapter leadership of women at Hyde Sanctuary locally. Yeah. Sounds kind of risky and no, bloody signs. A lot of work. Why, why would you take those risks? Uh, well, I mean, one, I'm particularly passionate about that organization. Um, I, I work in a male-dominated profession. Uh, most rooms and most people I interact with or sell to are, are men. Um, and so uh, I love, I, I'm a communication, public relations major with a master's in liberal studies and literature. Like, nothing about my educational background screams technology, right? And so uh, I'm particularly passionate. I'm actually um, in Indiana Tech, um, serving on an advisory committee for the College of Business and talking with them about how do we make sure that people without technology backgrounds know that there's a place for them in tech? I didn't know I could work in tech until I was 30, right? I thought, and, and my whole family is 
engineers, mechanical engineers, but engineers nonetheless. So I'm the weird one that was like, I like talking and writing. Uh, my mom has her master's in mathematics. And so for me, it was a, a passion um, that I believe in the organization and the mission of the organization. I also am really like, I'm super competitive. And so I'm kind of like anything Indianapolis can have, Fort Wayne can have, <laughs> right? So I'm like, well, we, we need this here. And I guess if I have to try to make it happen, then I'll make it happen. So that's why. And I would just encourage and each of you as leaders, I mean, you take a big risk taking the leadership position. You are probably pretty good listening which will attribute her. What did that mean? What, you know, what did you, what was the reward for taking that risk? Uh, don't forget to consider that on Monday mornings. Why do you know? Where the phones were. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.